You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies that actors were. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and I am your host this week. We are pleased to present to you a new film that just came out of Sundance, but will be available for everyone to see coming out on Hulu called Suncoast. Inspired by the semi-autobiographical story of a teenager, Doris, played by actress Nico Parker, who while caring for her brother along with her audacious mother, played by actress Laura Linney, strikes up an unlikely friendship with an eccentric activist actor Woody Harrelson, who is protesting one of the most landmark medical cases of all time. This Searchlight Pictures film is directed by Laura Chen. And on this episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast, we're pleased to present to you director Laura Chen, actress Laura Linney, and actress Nico Parker to discuss the latest film, called Suncoast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. Suncoast currently is playing in select theaters and will stream exclusively on Hulu beginning on February 9th. Thank you, Laura, the two Lauras, <laughs> Laura Chen and Laura Lenny for taking the time to talk to Black Girl Nerds to talk about this incredibly beautiful film, Suncoast, which I absolutely love, delightful, congratulations on the premiere at Sundance, and the fact that everybody is going to get a chance to see this, because it's coming out on Hulu very, very soon. Um, Laura Chen, I want to start with you. I, I find it fascinating that you essentially resurrected into the memories the Terry Schiavo case with this story. Um, I, I remember that case, and uh, it completely dominated the news cycle when it came out. Um, it brought back so many memories for me as I was watching it, and this story is part of your own personal journey. So why was it important to insert the real parts of history into your film? Well, I mean, because I guess in in, in real history, uh, that's where I was at that time, you know? So it really was just a retelling of something that, that happened in my life. Um, a lot of the details of Doris's story were invented, but that nugget of Terry Schiavo was actually, like, happening when I was at that facility. Um, and so I, I thought that it was just um, thematically an interesting way to tell a very personal kind of small family story and give it scope. Um, and, and show all the different sides of what it feels like to lose someone and all the different ways somebody might react to that. And, and to Laura Lenny, your character, Christine, she challenges Doris at every turn, <laughs> it seems like. And she's, she's obviously going through and dealing with a lot as well throughout this story um, with the mortality of, of her son. 
uh, is she harsh on Doris because there's some misdirected anger there? Or does she feel out of control about what's happening in her own surroundings? I think it's all of it. I think it's all of it. I think there's just mother-daughter stuff that would happen regardless of the context in which they're in. Mm -hmm. And then I think going through an experience like this, you know, one can only imagine to have economic challenges, to be facing the inevitability of the loss of, a, of your firstborn child, um, to wonder like how to be a single parent, to be in the midst of then chaos, not only within yourself, but at the facility itself, trying to get in and out of that building all the time just to get to your child, knowing that your time with them is limited, knowing that it is, the, the clock is ticking. And so I think it's a combination of all of those things. And she's not equipped to deal with it. She doesn't have the ability to deal with it. And um, I don't, some people are really good at that. And she's just not one of those people, yeah. you know? So it's, I think it's all of it. Yeah. 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 Um, this is Nico, back to you, Laura. The, this is Nico Parker's first leading role in a feature. And she's essentially, she's playing you. So share with me your journey working with her and sharing the parallels between your personal history and her playing the role of Doris. Well, Doris is not, it's, it's, it's a character, you know, that was invented for this story. It's not me. Like I, I, mm -hmm. I had friends during that time, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't at home all day cleaning and taking care of my brother. I had friends. I had a normal social life. <laughs> um, so I think Doris's sort of Cinderella journey is not mine. It was just oh. a, a way to kind of tell, you know, all the emotions that I experienced in a six year journey with my brother's cancer, cancer battle. Um, and to sort of put all those emotions into an hour and a half, you know, like that, that was the, the, the reason why that character is, is different than I am. But Nico, I mean, she's somebody that, well, I'm, I'm biracial and I knew that I wanted Doris to be biracial. And she's somebody that on this very short list of, you know, biracial 17 year old actresses, mm -hmm. I was like early on, like she was on my radar. And when I met with her and zoomed with her, she's such a, She's just a very, like, naturally, emotionally expressive actress in a way that is, you know, very, very rare for somebody her age. And so I immediately was like, this is, you know, the person yeah. who is going to be capable of, of this role, which is highly demanding. She's in almost every single scene and is very emotionally vulnerable at many different moments. So, yeah, no, it's her movie. She carries the movie. You yeah. know, it's, it's really, and it is an enormous, you know, challenge when you're young to all to step into that position. And... And we read with some wonderful actresses, really wonderful. There was a handful. They were terrific. But Laura knew instantly, right away, she had the absolute correct instinct that, um, that Nico was, was, was the person to go with. And I love instinct like that. Yeah. You know, I love what instinct will do for you. You know, the gifts that it gives you when you actually believe in your own instinct. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Did you spend a lot of time with Nico, kind of coaching her through this process? I, you know, you you want to be careful because you younger actors need to learn on their own. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be a an interfering person that way. I was certainly there to help in any way I could, and um, but you want you want someone to 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 find their way and not be manhandled by you know someone who they might perceive to have more experience than they do. You know, you want to make sure that they're, and you want to nurture what comes out of them naturally. Yeah. You know, so um, so it's it's a balance. 
because you want to help them and you want to step in. And then there are times where you're like, no, I need to let her figure this out. And she will figure it out. Right. Um, so I try to sort of strike that balance a little bit. Um, I don't know how successful I was. But, oh, Laura was but, amazing. You know. And Nico also just observed everything Laura was doing. You know, Nico was always at the end of every day talking about Laura's process and how prepared Laura is. And, you know, like, she was definitely learning just from watching Laura, um, which I think... I think when I think when young people are told what to do, you know, they they, yeah. they might be more rebellious. But yeah. when they're when they're just um, having an example in front of them of somebody who's doing all the things correctly or whatever that means. But so she's watching Laura, and that I think was incredibly helpful, you know, for her for her future process. Absolutely, um, Laura Lenny, back to you. There there's some brief interactions that take place between Christine and Paul, played by Woody Harrelson. And she doesn't seem to like him much, is the sense that I got. I, I was curious mm-hmm. to know kind of like what the, because she seems a bit standoffish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, she does. What, what's yeah, what's she the does. subtext? Would well, you there's say an older you? man who's spending time with my young, sexy looking daughter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's you're instantly suspicious. Yeah. Why, what is this older man doing? Who is he? Yeah. He's a part of this rabble that's outside Suncoast. What is he doing with my daughter? I think that is a natural instinct that any mother would have. Now, in this case, Paul is a good guy. You know, and, and as Laura says, like, not all older men are creepy, horrible people with younger women. But I think every woman, every mother, is going to instantly go there. I think they just are. A stranger who you don't know... You're spending time with my great-looking child. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Christine's yeah. very aware of how beautiful her daughter is. I mean, there's yeah. no way you can't deny that. Yeah. So I think Mother Bear would. I think that's a natural instinct that, that anybody would have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the loss of a loved one is always so tragic, but dealing with long-term loss, where you know, like it's inevitable. There's something different about like that type of loss. Is it because it gives you time to think about how to deal with it, or does it not matter when it just happens anyway? I find it so interesting I, that I think that, you know, I've, I've experienced both kinds, you know, the sudden without any warning and the long process, and I, it, it seems as though with the long process you have more time to kind of, you know, deal with the fact this person's leaving, you have more time to say goodbye, you have more time to get used to the idea they're not going to be here anymore. But interestingly, I've found when they go, it's still so shocking because even, you know, even though you know and even though everyone's telling you and even though someone could say they have one week, they have three days, it's still when that day comes, when that moment comes, the reaction is, that's impossible. You know, this per- they're not, they can't leave. You know, this person can't go. And so I think with this story, the, the idea that Doris knew, you know, she knew and the audience knows, you know, but it's still you know, it's still no matter what when somebody passes away, intensely shocking. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when you're playing a role in order to empathize with the character, do you ever add any aspects of yourself in order to kind of empathize with that character? Um, well, I think, you know, I, I'm, a, I, I'm a big believer in story first. Mm-hmm. So, and then I do an awful lot of character work on my own. And I know that, you know, whatever is inherently me is going to bleed through anyway. Mm-hmm. There's no way I can stop that from happening. You know, I, I am who I am. And I try and, and intuit what a writer, director wants me to do. Um, but I, I, I try not to do that, knowing, 
quite frankly, that it will come through anyway. You know, so I don't focus on that. I focus on, on, on the other stuff. Um, and it's, it's so fun to sort of try and figure someone out. Yeah. You know, it's really, and... Was it fun know. trying to figure out Christine and this? Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and how to strike the balance. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, 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 it's challenging when, you know, I think a lot of people could have, could have read that script and not seen the sort of, the love behind it, mm-hmm. you know, and the comedy within it. And the absurdity and the sur- you know how surreal it is to be in a situation like this. And when you're threatened, you know, when death is looming and threatening you, and you're in situations where you're totally out of control. I mean, this is a woman who's been out of control. She's out of control, twenty four seven, for years. Her son is dying, and she's out of control. You know, she's out of control economically. She's out of control, and to live with that tension. That's gonna that's gonna warp you a bit, and people don't always behave well when they're out of control. No matter how much they might love someone, no matter how much they want a situation to go well, it's you know we human beings are fascinating, flawed people, but there does need to be a foundation of love underneath it all, so that um, you know so that it's not just unbearable to to be around. Absolutely. Ms. Chen, my last question for you. I mean, there's so many beautiful messages in this movie. What is the core message that you want audiences to take away from this film? You know, um, <clears throat> I think, you know, ideally it's it's just a, it's a non-judgmental look at the way people process loss. Um, and, and, and hopefully people will watch it and see a little bit of themselves in all the ways that each character is processing loss and, and know that all the different ways are okay because, um, the subject, you know, and the experience of losing someone, it it can be so intense, um, and, and to just allow yourself to react however you react and, and not judge yourself for it and not have regrets about, I should have done this differently. I should have done that differently. I should have behaved this other way, you know, because how, you know, how, you know, you have to just be how you're being and and do what you're doing and experience it, you know, and do the best you can. And I think that in in my experience, watching so many different people process loss and myself as well, I think, you know, I'd like people to just walk away being like, we're all okay. (laughs) We're all doing okay. Yeah. It's such a beautiful film, a universal message. I feel like everybody can relate to it. Didn't she do good? She did. <laughs> she, she did, did so great. good. She did so good. She did so good. And I'm glad that everybody's going to get a chance to see it, you know, that it's yes. a film that's going to be coming out soon on Hulu. And so. it'll be in theaters um, in select cities on February 2nd, which is very exciting. L.A., New York, Miami, Tampa, um, all over America, um, 10 cities. So we're very excited about Kansas that. Kansas City. Kansas City. Because we're really, I think, you know, I think when we, I've watched it now with an audience, you know, last night was premiering, but I've watched it with test audiences and in a theater with people, everybody laughing, everybody crying. Like, it's such an experience um, to go through with a, with a crowd. So I'm excited for it to be in theaters for people to be able to experience that as well. Thank you so much for Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, Nico. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Please forgive me. I'm getting over a cold. The 
Park City weather got the best of me. Really good. I'm so tired and I'm also slowly recovering from food poisoning. So. Oh no. <laughs> so we're both going through it. Yeah. Well, I, I want to start off by congratulating you. I, I'm sure you've been hearing it all day, but I, I do want to congratulate you on the uh, dramatic special jury award that you got for your breakthrough performance in Suncoast. That's amazing. Um, so well deserved. <laughs> so much. That means means a lot. I mean, what what was that like for you when you got the award? When you when they announced your name, what what was that moment like for you? I I found out prior to the actual like ceremony because I had to film a video saying thank you. Uh, and my dad told me, or he got my younger brother who's nine to tell me over Facetime, and I cried <laughs> immediately. <laughs> I was so excited and I was so proud to like, be part of that film and it just felt like such a I don't know it felt like it rounded out the experience in the loveliest way and I was so gutted that I didn't actually get to be at Sundance and so that was just a, like I don't know it was brilliant I'm very happy I haven't really it doesn't quite feel real yet but I'm very very excited and very grateful well, again, congratulations to you on that. It's it's such a beautiful story and such remarkable performances. I had the opportunity to speak to both of the Lauras over on the mountain out in, <laughs> in Park City and, and had nothing but amazing things to say about you. I mean, th this is your first feature film in a leading role. At, what, what was it like for you getting started on this project as you stepped into the role of Doris? It was weird, I think. I was just kind of like, this is a big <laughs> deal, <laughs> was my main thought a lot of the time I was like this just feels like a big thing to be doing but I very much tried to take it day by day uh and just I, I never wanted to I think when I stepped out of it and was like this is a really important story and I'm working with incredibly talented people and if I'm the one to mess this up that's going to be horrifying and I just instead was like this is great and everyone's really lovely and I'm really lucky to be here so I tried to just make it smaller uh, and take it in bite-sized chunks. But um, but it was, yeah, it was incredibly, incredibly fun. And now when I think about it, I'm like, I cannot believe that I did that when I was 17. And I was like living by myself. Wow. Like, like, how did you do that? <laughs> I don't think I could do that. I, I really enjoyed the relationship between Doris and Paul in this film. Why do you think that these two characters connected rather quickly in this story. I think they're both they're both essentially just looking for someone to talk to. Um, and I think that that's such a something that people often are too scared to admit, but so many people crave. And I think that they just found each other at exactly the right time. Um, yeah, I just think they both so desperately want to speak to someone and want to be heard and they both are being that for each other um even though they don't agree on everything it, it doesn't really matter I think it's more so just having someone who's there to listen and I should mention that Paul is played by the great Woody Harrelson who is absolutely great. stunning in this film he's the best he's so cool I know he he just he just seems so like laid back and cool and like 
that's the guy you just want to kick it with and you know I mean for me have a beer with um but but yeah I I definitely really enjoyed seeing you guys um working together and then you know working with Laura Chen the the director whose story this is loosely based on what was that relationship like and did she share actual parts of her history like sharing photos or journals to kind of help give you a better sense of the character? She, I mean, we very much so, it was kind of an unspoken thing, but I think we both knew that Doris is Doris and Laura is Laura and the two, they only coincide through experience. They don't necessarily coincide through uh, characteristics. And so it was never a thing of like, I felt like I needed to become her or be emulating her because no one can emulate the fabulousness that is Laura Chin. Um, <laughs> we did, but what was really fun, it was more so uh, contextually for like the time period, because it was 2004, 2005, and we, um in the costume truck, there were pictures that Laura had given them, and like she had like photo albums that we could look through of her in that time, and like the outfits she was wearing, and and the makeup, and the style, and everything, and it was just like so fun so that she very much shared with me and also we would speak about kind of more specific things about uh about how it is to be losing someone so incredibly important and close to you because I you know luckily like I have, haven't had to deal with that ever so we spoke in that sense but we never spoke about it in a way that felt like I needed to become her uh through Doris Gotcha. I mean, you weren't born yet when the Terry Schiavo case was headline news. And I remember that case very vividly. I mean, it was, it dominated the news cycle. Everybody was talking about it. What kind of research did you do um, to learn about that case as you prepped for this film? Or, or did you not really dive into that case as you were uh, navigating this role playing Doris? Well, she, Laura sent all of us like kids just so we knew, because she was like, you youngins, here's a video on YouTube to watch about what happened. So she sent us that and we all watched that. But I was some, for me, it was, it wasn't out of disinterest, but I very much so was like, I, for Doris, I felt like it's that typical kind of teenage, you're so steeped into your own stuff and that kind of self-indulgence and my life is the worst and this is the worst and what my hair looks like at prom is the most important thing ever and like all of that stuff and I wanted that to remain true so I kind of wanted there to be an oblivious around what was going obliviousness around what was going on there because it's just like beyond her kind of tunnel vision um and so it's more so just background noise to her story it's how I wanted it to feel for her and how I thought Doris would be interpreting it. So I didn't go too far into it, but I did watch the YouTube video. <laughs> when in doubt, go to YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I I had the pleasure, as I mentioned before, I had the pleasure of speaking with um, both of the Lauras and I, I spoke uh, with also Laura Linney uh, at Sundance, who plays your mom, Christine. And I asked her about, you know, why her character because she seems like she challenges Doris at every turn mm. um wh why do you think she's this way I feel like 
there's a real resentment to the fact that Doris is able to continue on with life and isn't completely eviscerated by what's happening. And I think there's a jealousy in that and how how easy she's finding it to just continue on. And while that isn't necessarily true and that's just how she views her and not how Doris actually is and how she actually thinks and feels, I think that just from an outside eye, which I think Christine very much is for Doris, seeing how easily she's coping is just mind bending uh, and I think that that jealousy then you know has manifested itself and grief can you know warp people's perceptions and do crazy things to you and I think that their relationship is the collateral damage in that for both of them and and grief is really you know sort of the centerpiece of what this story is about and also dealing with loss and the loss of a loved one is always so tragic but dealing with long term loss where you know the inevitable there's something different about that type of loss mm-hmm. um is it because it gives you time to think about how to deal with it or does it not matter when it happens like when it happens it's just tragic either way I mean, I am lucky enough and fortunate enough to, I've never lost anyone uh, incredibly close to me in any circumstance, so I don't really know. But me and Laura did speak about it a bit and from the way that we spoke about it was more so as in how she was feeling in, in that time for her. And she just said that it felt that she found it in the moment easier because it, it becomes like white noise that just is the situation and that is what you live with which it's just how you live and then after his passing it was a like immediate everything comes running at you of all of the times that you could have spent together and things that went wrong just everything and I think that that kind of the idea of wasted time is something that in any circumstance is incredible incredibly difficult to fathom um and to accept and especially when it comes to losing someone I think it's uh beyond beyond so yeah so for you as a performer as as an actor like because you haven't had that lived experience how do you channel those emotions because you're you're so good in this and you you give such uh a performance that resonates with us as as audience members I mean it really sticks with you after you watch it how do you channel those emotions into this character? What What is your reference point um, to where you can have those kind of empathetic feelings towards the loss of a loved one not having that lived experience? I don't know. I don't, like, even when <laughs> I was even when I was- You're just it, a good actress. <laughs> <laughs> no, but even when I was crying sometimes, I was like, I don't know where this is coming from, but I- I think I was just trying to find I just wanted just to be her as much as possible and just to get that as much as possible so that when we're filming I was just like I want to feel it to the fullest extent of of how like how far I can push it and as a result sometimes I would leave set and be like god I feel awful like really really low but it felt so fulfilling to do that um in terms of like technical things, I listen to a lot of music. I do this a lot, but I made a I made a playlist uh, 
that I would listen to like in between takes in between anything I'd listen to every night I'd listen to it in the morning on the way like I would very much I would listen to the songs a lot and they weren't all sad or anything I just felt like that was my kind of common ground uh to Doris and how we would kind of like songs that I found sad that she would also find sad or songs that she found fun and happy that I would find fun and happy but I wasn't actually accurate to the time period so I don't think any of them made it but you know <laughs> it's okay I mean you're good at you know getting us to those places where we just feel like it's emotional and it's gut-wrenching and I, I even think about your performance in the very first episode of The Last of Us and I'm just like girl you just you, you got me it's like tearjerker moments um I Laura mentioned uh this is Laura Lenny she said that she gave you a lot of agency uh of what you wanted to do when it came to playing this character because I asked you know obviously Laura Lenny's a veteran actor she's appeared in a lot of films she's one of the greatest actors of our time. And I, I wanted to know if she was sort of like a mentor figure to you. Um, but she said that, you know, she wanted to kind of give you a chance to breathe into this. So what, what was your relationship like working together? I mean, working alongside her was like genuine. I would say this a lot while we were filming, but it was like a, a masterclass every day just in the way that she behaves and articulates herself and how she is on screen and off screen was just like constantly in awe of her. Um, so it was, yeah, I mean, even though she, you know, was letting me do my own thing, it was all, it could never not be a lesson for me. Um, and I'm so happy it was and so grateful that it was, especially so early on in my life. Uh, I'm incredibly fortunate for that, but she, yeah, she did, I think, there's something really um I mean I was 17 when we filmed and Doris is 17 and I think that that there's something really wonderful that there's a quality that like a teenager can bring to a teenager and I think that you know they all kind of were like you are the teenager like you know how it feels to have your first kiss or do it like you know I think they all kind of wanted me to bring all of that because it's all it was also fresh to me in a way that it felt kind of was happening to me as it was happening to her but kind of all in the same time um but Laura was she was brilliant and was there for advice when I needed it and was there just to talk when I needed that too she was I mean she couldn't have been better to work with and she's also Laura Linney so it's like <laughs> Even if she was horrible, I'd be like, that was really cool because she's Laura Lee. Um, Yeah. There's so many great moments in this film. There, there's emotionally jarring moments. There's there's comedic moments. Um, is there a scene that still resonates with you, that still sticks with you, even long after filming this movie? I think... I think about the scene with Woody outside at the very end outside of the hospice a lot, I think. Um, that like stayed with me for a while. It still does now, but I used to like I would say the lines kind of often to myself even after we'd filmed it. Uh we filmed it towards the shoot and towards the end of the shoot anyway. Um, but after I left, I would just kind of like recite it to myself. 
Um, and I just found it, even filming on the day, there was just something that felt so kind of closing to the chapter of Suncoast for me. Um, but I think of every scene, that one probably was the one that I held closest and continue to hold closest, just because I, I think about it a lot. I don't really know why, but... You guys had some really great chemistry. Did you guys spend a good time together offset to kind of get to know each other so that way you could have sort of that, you know, kinetic energy, that synergy and bring Doris and Paul together or we, I mean, spent, some, that we spent some time together offset. We spent time together on set. I mean, he just like, we just got on really well, very early on. And I also like feel comfortable enough that he likes me that I can say that. You know, like, I'm, like I like I think I can like back that up but yeah but we just got on so well he makes me laugh like oh my god he makes me laugh a ridiculous amount like, he's so funny and he's so brilliant and he's so just silly and just he's the best like really the best and so filming with him like when I'm laughing I'm genuinely laughing and when I'm smiling I'm genuinely smiling and when I'm sad, I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> it was so, apart from some things, because obviously I'm very, very professional. But, <laughs> but yeah, he was the best. It was so fun filming with him. My my last question to you is, what what's the takeaway that you want audiences to have when they see Suncoast? This is coming out soon for, that. that's what I love too, that everybody's going to get a chance to see this film. Not everybody gets the privilege of seeing a Sundance film come out because some of these films are still being bought, but Suncoast, it's going to be coming out soon on Hulu, I believe February 9th. So what do you want audiences, um, what their takeaway is going to be when they see Suncoast? I think I'd love for the overarching idea to be that life doesn't end after tragedy, I think, uh, would be such a brilliant thing that anyone who's really going through it if they watched that and felt a kind of assurance that it's going to be okay would be the nicest thing or just to feel seen if you have experienced something and you know that you can come out the other side I think would be such a lovely thing to be witnessed um and it was really easy to have that for us be a theme because we would look at the wonder that is Laura Chin who is so incredibly talented and brilliant and she's been through insane things in her life and she is a culmination of all of them and it's part of the thing that makes her so special um so yeah well nico incredible incredible work with this uh i wish you all the best congratulations again on your sundance award Thank you for your work with Suncoast. Thank you for talking to Black Girl Nerds. And I hope to talk to you again sometime in the future. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Take care. Bye. Bye. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.